So the J stands for JavaScript, the A stands for APIs, and the M stands for markup. Would you say you're equipped to spread the jam? I like it for a lot of problems that before you would reach for something like a WordPress or something like that. Jamstack's agnostic about what you use. See, I feel like it should be more about what are your working jams, period. These guys are so enamored with Kanye West, and they've basically sold me on Kanye West once again. So right now we have a podcast about a podcast about Kanye. Listeners, please spread the jam. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. So this is episode one of Jamstack Radio. Here is me, Brian Douglas, and in the studio we got Aaron. How's it going, Brian? And as our special guest for our first episode, we've got Christian Slinsker. Can you introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Christian. I work on the front-end team at Bugsnag. We're an exception tracking organization. We make uh, a lot of open-source libraries and um, a dashboard for managing and triaging exceptions. Awesome. So Christian, I asked you on because you actually have a lot more experience in web dev than I do, and uh, I wanted to pick your brain about Jamstack. So first impressions, what do you think about Jamstack? Well, it's a like overall concept, right? Not a particular stack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like it for a lot of like problems that before you would reach for like something like a a WordPress or something like that. And I'm glad that those days are are leaving us. There's just so many uh, problems that it can. Easily solve, I feel like. Cool. And uh, sorry, we probably need to, to scroll back a little bit. Aaron, you you work with me today at Netlify. So, yep. as our non technical co host, do you want to try to explain to the listeners what Jamstack is before I jump in there? Uh, sure. So, Jamstack is a workflow, basically, it incorporates a number of different tools, specifically static site generators or build tools like Gulp and Grunt. And then the main purpose of Jamstack is, well, we'll define it. So the J stands for JavaScript, the A stands for APIs, and the M stands for markup. So it's creating sites with JavaScript, APIs, and markup as static HTML files. And those are the kinds of things where it's really tool agnostic, whether you are somebody who wants to work with Node or Ruby, or Python, or Go, React, any one of those, plus hundreds more, you can work with your tool of choice, work with your plugins of choice, and then once you run your particular build command, whether it's uh, Jekyll Build or Hugo's Go, yeah, I, I forget the build command for yeah. Hugo, uh, it will spit out HTML files, like flat HTML files with uh, along with CSS, and then you can use version control, specifically Git. Yeah, or, Git's uh, probably the most popular at, this, at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you can upload that to your repo of choice, and then using services like the one that we provide at Netlify, you can build your site and push it out to uh, a CDN so that it's distributed all over the world. Obviously, you don't have to use Netlify, but we have skin in the game, and we would prefer that you do. Yeah. So, I guess the gist of it is basically 
Jamstack's agnostic about what you use, so you could replace any sort of flavor of JavaScript, uh, API, or markup. And uh, basically, it's just uh, the idea of architecting your web app, or your static side, rather. So with that being said, Christian, if you were to start a project tomorrow, and let's say I want you to create some sort of a cat app, and you want to do... Some sort of what app? Cat app. Cat app. Oh, about cats. Yeah, okay. actually, specifically, I keep saying app. Um, I, I, actually, I thought you were saying like computer-aided dragon <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought I at first. Like, wow, that's like, a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to create some like, thing sort to of... Bite a chunk off Some of static site yeah, that uses <laughs> bash scripting. On, no, just kidding. Um, yeah, so if you were to create a new static site tomorrow, what would you use to get that up and running? There's a few that I want to look into currently. Like, there's a lot of stuff that has been coming out recently. We recently just did a, a project with Middleman, which is kind of in this in this area. I'm very interested in like React Server, which is uh, I think who made that. As a, I yeah. think that was Redshift, somebody really smart. Redshift or something. Yeah, yeah. But it would probably be like a React front end, but statically generated app of some kind. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, and like I guess with the static generator, since you mentioned it, there's like I think we run a site at Netlify, which is staticgen.com, and there's like hundreds of static generators that you could choose from. So I just personally created a blog um, last week that was built on Hugo, mm-hmm. and that's like a Go backend. Like you don't even need to know Go; it just starts mm-hmm. all the HTML for you, and it serves the HTML for um, up yeah, you and just statically. Yeah. You just download the binary. There, there, there really go. are a lot of these. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, there, there's a ton. Yeah. Some of them take a little bit more elbow grease than others. I mean, so there are ones like Hugo. You download the binary, boom, you're good. A lot of them you can do just a, an npm install or a gem install, and you're good. There are other ones like uh, if you want to get super highly, like Middleman, for example, would be a gem install Middleman. There's other ones that are. Super. Lots of these are configurable, but some of them are super highly configurable from the start. Yeah. Like, uh, say, Metalsmith, which Metalsmith is just a collection of plugins. So you just get all your plugins that you want. You slap them in your, I think it's Project JSON, and say, "These are all the plugins. This is how I want them to run." And then you go, and it's nothing more than basically just a framework and a build command. And then everything that you can do is completely up to you. Uh, and to clarify, in Metalsmith, a plugin would be something that adds extra language support or something like that. Right? Yeah, like I, I want to do it in CoffeeScript or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. You want to do it in CoffeeScript. You want to do it in Handlebars. You want to make sure that you can write in Markdown and that'll be converted to HTML, et cetera, et cetera. So we basically we talked more about markup and like the whole architecture of generating the site. How would you handle like data? So let's say if you had like. Information that you wanted to manipulate for your static site, what would you use, Christian? I guess you mentioned React, but how would you handle the data for that? So, am I providing the data myself, or is this coming from some third-party API? Um, you pick. That's, that's yeah. That it depends on how customized it needs to be. There are a few services out there that are like sort of providing like content management as an API as a service. Like I remember when we were working together, we used Contentful a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd probably just make like a Rails API or something like that, or a Node Express yeah. API, something easy for it to consume. Yeah, and I, I think actually I've used uh, in the past for some mobile apps and also some static sites. Uh, Firebase is a good choice too because mm-hmm. it's just pretty pretty dumb. Yeah. It's like a key value store. Yeah. Basically, you add data and you grab it from a key, and uh, yeah, you're good to go. 
Um, so Contentful, I think it's uh, JSON, which is uh, pretty nice to work with for sure. Yeah, what they do is it's like a, if you can imagine the back end of WordPress, like the admin area, and that's what they give you, and you use their admin to write your content, and then it just gives you JSON endpoints for all of it, yeah. which is kind of useful if you're working with people that need a content management system and you don't want to build it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pointing to myself. I can, you know, write in HTML. It's painful. Well, I don't think we explained or, like your role. Oh yeah, your role that you normally take in a company is usually in the marketing's content role. Exactly. So I'm I'm writing a lot of things, and I would very definitely prefer to work in either Markdown or via CMS. Especially, yeah, my background is in content creation, mm-hmm. so I've been working in CMSs for years. Yeah, yeah. Markdown is really the ideal mm-hmm. uh, balance uh, between like light technical ability and flexibility. I feel like because you don't have to worry about the fiddliness of CMS editor, that mm-hmm. the WYSIWYG messing things up and adding all kinds of crappy breaks and everything in it. Yeah, and what's good about Markdown too is the consistency of like if you know how many pound signs to add, you know what the output's going to look like uh, mm-hmm. pretty much, and uh, you don't have to worry about like. You know, putting up HTML and making sure your CSS is bundled into like the web server and actually outputs correctly. Like for you, Aaron, all you have to do is know how to write. Exactly. And you should be good to go. Yeah. You know how to write and you know a couple of little things. And then your build tool does the rest. It takes your markdown, it translates it into uh, HTML, and you're good to go. Yeah, which is really nice because uh, Christian you alluded to, we actually worked together at a previous company and we worked on a project where we had multiple non-technical users inputting content and we had to make sure that we kept up to date with developing the actual site itself, uh, but not also stopping to create, like change different copy edits, you know, if something is like not padded mm-hmm. to correctly or indented somewhere in the paragraph. Um, we didn't have to worry about that because we created tools where we could enable the actual non-technical users, the content managers, to create the content. So I actually created something specific where one of our non-technical users who was doing all the content could actually just write Markdown into some sort of Rails form, and then that would output into HTML into the actual React app I was working with. So I didn't have to like check in with him every single day if he had some new data to show up on the site. Um, it just happened magically. Before we go any further, I f- almost forgot that I, as a guest, I brought a gift for the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we we always like gifts. Well, with this being episode one, you're really setting the precedent. Yes, sorry, sorry, all future guests, but I have some uh, jams here. So I got uh, this is strawberry. Raspberry and I got bacon jam. And if you uh, arrange them right and look at them just the right way, it makes a jam stack. (laughs) Well, I think if we continue to do this podcast uh, for the rest of the year, I think we're going to be jamified. I I would highly encourage anyone who wants to come on our show to bring jam. So I know we do a, uh, we're going to do a music pick at the end, but maybe we can do a jam pick also. I I think you just, uh, you just set the precedent (laughs) for all future podcasts. Yeah. So jamming right along. Yeah. um, I wanted to find out. So what is your choice for hosting your static sites? For static sites is just AWS. AWS. Um, Yeah. Cool. And, you just, and how do you, how do you end up deploying it? Well, I think with uh, the middleman thing we just did, it's just a uh, it's part of the build. Okay, it just uploads things, fingerprints them, and just works. Is there a lot of like uh, technical knowledge that comes with 
deploying deploying to the actual AWS. Yeah, so you have to run a script. Yeah, and so that that is like problematic. I guess the having that tooled together to make it simultaneously static and easy is definitely beneficial. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know you've been in tech for a while. Do you remember the days of FTP? Oh yeah, at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually have a site that's still at FTP for my my brother that yep. I actually maintain. Yep. Um, I'm actually getting ready to move it elsewhere. You just but open yeah. up the Coda editor and start editing in place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Do you want to go into more details of what FTP, how how sites were deployed uh, statically in FT, FTP days? Yeah, you uh, you wrote your HTML files and then you opened up your FTP application and copied them over to the server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you figure figured out where to host it or what yeah, server yeah, it was. Yeah, you put it you put it in your Bluehost what, www folder, and then that, that's just what you did. Or if you were using a, a really nice editor, then you could like uh, open it in line and just edit it in place. Or it would have some nice sync features. So like everything that's been modified, it was kind of like a proto version control. Everything that's been modified, you just say sync all the changes, and it would upload them. Yeah. So yeah, what's what's really interesting now um, is that. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, but <good>. also that <laughs> the fact that um, we're able to like we have things like Webpack and Grunt and Gulp, and that we minify all the the JavaScript and the CSS assets. Where when it was easy to do those FTPs because we didn't have a lot of CSS and JavaScript to bring along with it. Now our sites are small enough that we can host them just about anywhere. Like mm-hmm. like you said, AWS. Um, I know Net- Netlify has obviously has a. Uh, a product that actually does that for you as well, mm-hmm. and uh, it's nice to have that freedom of hosting wherever for pretty cheap. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's pretty trivial. I, I'm pretty sure your AWS bill for the static project that you you've built with Middleman is probably trivial at this point. And, yeah, and just in general, being able to use something like version control is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I break things all the time, and so a I've had to learn how to roll things back, but b just with version control, you can roll it back as yeah. as long as you know I'm not in there, yeah, uh, inputting the wrong commands into uh, into the terminal. Yeah, in the FTP days, the version control was like, oh, you could use version control, but it was often just like make a copy of the folder, and mm-hmm. <laughs> if you needed to roll back, you use the old copy, and you couldn't like work on a team on the same file at the same time. You'd have to say like, I'm using, I'm editing this file. Don't anybody touch it right now. Yeah, which breaks the whole system of having like non-technical users being able to edit content or copy um, without the need of developers. So let's say the developer is making huge changes. Maybe there's like a lot of CSS that changes. Maybe there's actually fields that are no longer there. If someone in content is updating stuff, all that just like this goes out the window. Um, stuff will break. People will get angry, and somehow you have to figure out how to revert without using Git. Mm-hmm. Christian, can you tell us a little bit more about the middleman project that you've been working on? Well, I haven't been working on that particular project very much, okay. but uh, about to get started on it. We just rede- redesigned our docs, and it was a sort of rapid uh, get something out mm-hmm. there for the redesign. I'm not sure about the decisions behind going with Middleman, um, but it seems like it was probably just that it was a known quantity that we worked with before. And are you doing it directly in Middleman, or are you using another tool that uses Middleman? Directly with Middleman. Okay. And uh, your question was about. Um, just, just tell us more about that project. It's our documentation project, so it's uh, all our docs for all our different platforms. So there's just a lot of just HTML files with 
code snippets and things like that. So it, it fits naturally into a static site generator type project where it's usually a technical person writing a bunch of content. Mm-hmm. So markdown's not a problem. And it's just like a lot of pages in a basic site structure that doesn't change very much. Okay. Cool. And uh, we we kind of brushed past the the API portion of the jam, but um, as far as like including, I know middleman is Ruby, so I assume that's what you guys will probably use if there's like some sort of like something like Twilio or some other third party API that you want to include. What do you normally do for like third third party tools? As in a REST API for yeah REST API. Let's let's say you just some functionality that you want to off source on something. I know Contentful is kind of like the whole package. Um, but there's like always like uh, different things. I know WordPress has an ecosystem of plugins um, where you can like click and drag and add plugins to your WordPress site. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you go about like interacting with Twitter or interacting with like social media and stuff like that for like static sites? So if it's any kind of API, you would be using just the like their JavaScript library usually yeah. and including it on the page and using it that way, or you. With the Twitter example, it would just be like a static button. You could just drop the Twitter snippet. So that stuff's pretty easy. What you're really developing is more like just a browser app when you're when you're doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Any API concerns are going to be like outside of the scope of of what you're working on in this case. So either it's something that exists and you'll be using it through JavaScript, or it's something that you're gonna have to build and then use it through JavaScript. Awesome. So I think that probably wraps up our conversation about uh, the Jamstack. I think, uh, do you have a better understanding of Jamstack at this point, Christian? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I hadn't, hadn't heard the term before. I'd definitely been aware of all the sort of some of the ecosystem going on for this particular type of problem. Uh, yeah. But it's cool that things are advancing so so fast lately. Like the JavaScript tooling ecosystem has gotten really good just like I- over a year ago. It's like completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, would you say you're equipped to spread the jam? <laughs> yeah. See what I did there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of jokes, I did also want to move on to jam picks. So, this is like a part of the podcast where we want to talk about jams that we listen to while working. Um, I see. I feel like it should be more about what. What are your working jams? Period. Whether it be music, whether it be oh, I like that. Uh, what you like to drink when you're working, what you like to uh, eat. <laughs> so okay, uh, we'll just make the segment rather than music. We'll make this. What are you jamming on? Yeah, then, yeah. What is your jam? Oh, okay. so Christian, you can go first since you're our guest. Okay. Um, let's see. What do I drink while I'm working? Usually, it's jittery Johns. I have not had my afternoon Jittery Johns yet, but uh, that'll be the first thing. I have no idea what Jittery Johns is. Jittery Johns is a bottle of cold brew coffee that's concentrate 3X or something like that. So, yeah. That sounds absolutely Sorry. horrible for pretty much everything. Oh, it is, but, but I love it. You drink it in shot form. <laughs> yeah. You just put it right into the vein. So for music, I, I can't like listen to anything with lyrics while I'm working. So it's if it's something with lyrics, it'll have to be in a foreign language that I don't understand. So right now, there's this album from uh, Nina, who is better known for uh, 99 Loof Balloons. 99 Loof Balloons. She's got like a newer one or something. I don't know how new it is. I I just found it, but it's all in German. It's and, like 12 Loof Balloons because yeah, the rest of them have finally deflated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dwindling set of Loof Balloons. Uh, and also, I, when I'm not working, I've been listening a lot to the uh, Hamilton cast album, 
which is all mm-hmm. all the it just like swept the Tonys, which is which was good. If you don't know, it's the uh, the hip hop musical about Alexander Hamilton versus Treasury Sec- Secretary, and it's just just good good stuff. Yeah, I need to I need to get on the Hamilton train. I've mm-hmm. not gotten into any of that, but um, yeah, I'm gonna add that to my list. Yeah, uh, they did a performance at the Tonys of one of the songs, Guns and Ships. There, that one, um, and yeah, I, I actually haven't listened to uh, the soundtrack yet. I have mm-hmm. a number of friends that are obsessed with it. Uh, I'm going to go see it next year. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, that's that's part of like part of the reason why I'm buying season tickets to yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. theater is yep. because I will get a guaranteed ticket to Hamilton. Yeah, only five hundred dollars. Yeah, cool. uh, for <laughs> the season tickets, but all the shows you get to go see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I get to go see Into the Woods. So just those two right there, I'd be fine. Yeah, you um, lost me when you said theater. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the good thing about the cast album. You don't have to go to a theater. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a nice it's a nice show because it's kind of like sung all the way through, so you don't miss anything, I guess, like from the story. Cool. So on that note, uh, Aaron, you have a something you're jamming on since you coin. Yeah, right now one of my jams is we have this really nice cream Earl Grey tea in the office. I'm not a coffee drinker. If I do drink coffee, I absolutely ping off the walls, and I have way too much energy as it is. But uh, so it's this cream Earl Grey, which is absolutely delicious, and I drink it in a giant mug that's like a liter and a half. You got the big gulp. Yeah, yeah, basically. There is a new album from a band called Augustines that uh, just came out on Friday, uh, and they're one of my absolute favorite bands. Um, when I used to host a music radio show, they came in and ended up doing a set of stuff that ended up getting un- being unreleased when uh, their record label folded. And so I'm one of the few people who actually has recorded versions of some of these songs. So I'm super excited, and they're playing at Bottom of the Hill next month. And then uh, the new James Blake album has been really good. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much it right now. Cool. Uh, since we all did a drink pick, uh, since moving <laughs> to San Francisco, I never drank LaCroix water. Oh, and yeah. um, since my last job, it was always in the office, and I've been addicted to it to the point where now I Amazon Prime once a week, six case of it, cases of it to my house. Yeah, I think this yeah. is a running theme in startup offices, is just the endless supply of LaCroix water. Yeah. I, I Oh, oh, that stuff. Okay. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, you know about it. Yeah. It's pronounced yeah. Lacroix here in San Francisco. Lacroix. I, I call it Lacroix. Yeah. La- see, La- yeah, Lacroix. Oh, is, okay. Is, sorry. Yeah, I I didn't study French. I studied Spanish. That's all right. Uh, I actually saw a site, a website, a couple of weeks ago, and it was cocktails that you can make with uh, Lacroix <laughs> water. Um, okay. Um, yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be googling that later. Six cases a week. Uh, actually, it's about two weeks. So yeah, every uh, every time I go food shopping, I, I make sure I prime it. We're, we're we're talking like a case of like a flat of like twenty. Oh no no right? no! Sorry, the the twelve packs. Oh okay, jeez. <laughs> no cases. No, that's uh, that'd be insane. Yeah, it'd be my. I mean, my mansion. It's it's got a nice kitchen, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just don't have storage for that much. Uh, no, not at that all. That much fancy fridge. I just live in the water. warehouse and yeah, just I drink from the supply. Where would, where would my butler sleep if I had six cases? <laughs> that's true. Anyway, I, I do have a music pick because that's what I had planned. Um, I've been listening to the Book of the Yay podcast, which is a podcast which is about Kanye West. And it's about these three guys who are just enamored with Kanye West. And I was a big fan back in uh, the early aughts, back when he first came on the scenes. Um, his first two albums I was pretty into, and then I've kind of trailed off as a fan of Kanye West uh, for obvious reasons. He's just not as... Um, 
Well, he just does a lot of things publicly that you just don't agree with. Well, yeah. I don't agree with. But these guys are so enamored with Kanye West, and they've basically sold me on Kanye West once again. So I've been I listened to the first two albums on Spotify. I'm now working through his entire catalog. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what uh, seven or eight albums, so it's not too huge. Um, but I've also have planned to purchase the Life of Pablo, which has been the controversial latest album, which was on Title, and now it's on Apple Music and. It, yeah, now he's being sued because he said it would never be anything now, that title. Are, when you say purchase, are you going to purchase it off of like Apple Music or Tidal yeah, or something the, like that? Or are you buying it on vinyl? Go buy it on Laserdisc? Yeah. No, I, I don't think I'd actually ever jump into the whole Tidal bandwagon because t- mm-hmm. here, here are UX and Tidal as an app. Uh, I don't want to speak too bad against you know, Jay-Z and everything, but... It. I don't think it's there yet as far as a consumer product I want to use. But I, I'm, we're not going to bash any more apps. But anyway, yeah, so I will eventually. What was the title of that podcast? Oh, Book of the Yay. That's good. Good title. It's yeah. like you were losing faith in Kanye, and they pulled you back into the fold. Yeah, yeah. So they, they basically <laughs> they they actually started off with pretty pretty happy about Kanye. They've kind of now in the eight episodes, they're kind of like some people are kind of like yay or nay. Actually, kind of in the middle. Yeah, uh, or nay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see what I did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So right now we we have a podcast about a podcast about Kanye. Yeah, exactly. So. Which, which is a very Kanye thing to, to be going on. <laughs> exactly, because he's the greatest. We'll just leave it at that. I, <laughs> every podcast is ultimately about you there. So <laughs> that's every podcast is ultimately, ultimately about, about Kanye. Kanye in yeah. The end, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to I I built a lot of sample apps. I'm a developer by trade, and that's my job. And usually, most of my apps I've built an Amazon Echo skill set about Kanye, and I've also built a chat app about Kanye where Kanye talks to Kanye. And uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that is the definition of the singularity. Yeah, but but on that, that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast. We don't want to make this another uh, Kanye podcast. But anyway, I think we'll actually end it with uh, how can we find you, Christian, on Twitter? I'm a, a word of Christian on Twitter. Okay, cool, Christian. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And listeners, please spread the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 